The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined, as always, by Raj Geary. And today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for January 3rd, 2017. Also going to cover the early news about who's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. And uh, we'll touch upon the results from New Japan. So, Raj, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Good. Yeah, good to see you, too. Yeah, so SmackDown Live last night. What did you think of the episode? I thought it was great. Um, yeah, kick the year off, man. Yeah, I mean... You know, I always feel like SmackDown has an advantage over Raw for being uh, two hours compared to three, but it's just—it's not just that. It's just a better show. Uh, and it's weird because Vince has his hands on both shows, but SmackDown is just so much better than Raw right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really amazing just how that two hours flies by, whereas with Raw, man, does it drag. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was impressed last night. You know, we had some uh, had a title change that was pretty significant. We had a contract signing. We had uh, some uh, interesting twists and turns along the way. So that being said, let's just uh, dive into the show and talk about what happened. We opened with The Miz and Dean Ambrose um, setting the stage for what was going to come later that night, the Intercontinental Championship. And with this storyline, you know, I, I think uh, it's interesting how they've developed this just out of uh, a segment with The Miz and Renee Young. And now it's just really, I think, developed nicely. I mean, what did you think of, of this just kicking off the show last night? Um, I, I, Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought, you know, on any, I think this is already better than any feud on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in that opening promo, but it, it you know, I, I like that uh, it built to a match later in the night that, you know, that uh, wasn't necessarily a, a main, main event feud, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, a upper mid, you know, upper mid card feud, but I feel like Miz has really elevated that intercontinental title, which sounds strange to, to hear, but <laughs> to where Dean Ambrose winning that belt doesn't seem like such a step down for him as it would have, you know, six months, you know, five months ago. If, oh, yeah. if it was someone else. No, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I know on, on Wrestling Inc., you know, talked about who had the best year last year and AJ Styles, without a doubt, I mean, had the best year in the WWE, but I think The Miz, strong runner up. I mean, if you look at it in the sense that no injury the entire year, um, you know, especially from WrestleMania onward, just the way that he uh, ascended really and built his character and really took this new turn. I mean, you could argue, sure, Finn Balor, but you know, he got taken out by injury. Seth Rollins taken out by injury. I mean, the Miz had a very consistent year last year, and I think uh, he's certainly in the top three wrestlers from the WWE. Absolutely. Yeah, so I mean, it's great how they just gave it a sense of stakes. I mean, the Miz came out, started to cut his promo, and uh, called out Maurice. He got Dean Ambrose, which set the main event for later in the evening. Um, we had then, man, talk about just what a difference a couple weeks makes. Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. We were talking about this when they were going to be in the the three way match with AJ Styles. Like, oh man, you know, we've seen that before. But it's amazing after that triple threat that happened last week. How last night's match 
you know, it felt fresh. Um, it felt anticipated. And I thought that it was really interesting um, giving Corbin the win and then setting up that turn with uh, Ziggler. You know, I don't know, was this teasing a heel turn? I mean, will it stick? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that with uh, him attacking Callisto after and the way that they're setting up Ziggler going forward? Um, I think a heel turn for Ziggler is long overdue, like years overdue. Yeah. Uh, I would have much rather them had them do it with, when he was feuding with Ambrose. I think it would have added a lot more to that feud. Um, I think it's great that they're doing it. I think him attacking Kalisto kind of s- shows where he's still going to be positioned, you know, and then fighting with Apollo Crews backstage. He's not going to be a main event heel, at least not now. I don't, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes, but, uh, you know, I, th- I feel like they're lacking a lot of uh, depth at the top. So I'd, I'd like to see Ziggler uh, turn heel and attack someone, you know, higher up. But Like a Kurt Hawkins, perhaps? Or? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem is there's not many people higher up to, to put in that spot. I mean, yeah. so, um, you know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, uh, it's way overdue. I think it's the right, right move. I just don't know if... Uh, and and Ziggler versus Apollo Cruz, if that's the way they're going, because they had the backstage brawl yeah. or Kalisto, those are going to be fun matches. I just uh, I just like to see him higher up on the card. You know, I think it's really interesting, um, especially we'll talk about this in a few minutes. I mean, but Corbin's reappearance later. I mean, it's amazing to me that they're just you know putting him, uh, elevating him really at this point after him sort of middling for so much of his career post uh, WrestleMania that he's, you know, getting once again, uh, he's going to be up against John Cena next week. I mean, that's, uh, you know, shows some confidence in him. I'm obviously not going to win, but they keep putting him in this picture. Well, I mean, they have to. I mean, they have to push some guys to the top because it's just been kind of stale. You know, until Cena came back, it's just been, you know, they've had to throw Ellsworth in there because they didn't really have much else to go on because they've been doing AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose for so long. So, um I mean, it's the it's the right move. Uh, I, I mean, Baron Corbin. I don't think he's ready yet, but uh, sometimes you got to throw these guys into the fire and see see how they'll do. Yeah. So uh, we went from that to an uh, interesting match. We had uh, Becky Lynch versus La Luchadora um, after the Ziggler's backstage uh, little mini face-off with Apollo Crews there. So uh, I'm sure you had this on the site. So was it uh, Diana Perazzo that's in the yeah. La Luchadora mask? Yeah. Um, now we don't know. Obviously, that might not be the reveal. It, right. could, it could end up being my money. Originally, was on Mickey James um, if she's going to SmackDown. Indeed. Yeah, I think that would uh, be the bigger surprise for sure and a bigger payoff. Diana Parazzo, You know, I don't know how much of the main roster knows her. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think Mickey James would be the the right move. And I, I, I agree. That's where I think that's what the I think the uh, reveal ultimately will be. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of last night, uh, the little twist? Uh, I, I knew shenanigans were going to ensue when she went into the ring, but having Alexa Bliss come out in that outfit also. I think uh, maybe in misdirection, they'll have almost everyone on the roster, uh, every female, wear that luchador outfit at some point. Yeah, you know, they've done this gimmick a lot of times in the past, but it's been long enough that it, it feels uh, different. And, uh, and the fact that they're doing it in a women's program feels different. So I, I was entertained by it. I thought it was you know, a good way to keep the storyline going without doing the usual booking that they do with the women with them just beating each other uh, every other week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I thought it was cute. I think it could definitely overstay its welcome if they don't find some way to make it dynamic. I like the little twist at the end, but I, yeah, I, you know, that's what I really feel like. I mean, until they get Mickey James on the roster, I just don't think we're going to have that much of an interesting main title picture for the women 
Um, you know, I feel like Alexa and Becky, I don't know. I mean, it's not that it's running its course necessarily. It's just that I, I feel like Alexa, it just doesn't quite suit her still having the belt. I mean, maybe part of it is the fact that that belt looks humongous on her. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but you know what I mean? Like stature wise, she, I, I don't know. I think she's getting there, but I don't think it's quite there yet. I think Mickey versus Becky could definitely be something. I agree. But I, at the same time, uh, they need to push some new women on SmackDown. So I, I, I'm, I'm not against it. Um, but yeah, I think Mickey will add a lot because Alexa versus Becky, uh, you know, it's entertaining and stuff, but it doesn't feel as important as like when you watch Charlotte and Sasha Banks. Yeah. You know, it, it, it feels w- way lower on the card. Yeah, and I think they need to build up to something. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm a little worried for the SmackDown women's picture at this point. I mean, you know, I know we're still a few months out, but actually got closer than uh, than we think. But, I mean, going into WrestleMania, do you think SmackDown is going to have a women's match that's going to rise above the pre-show at this point? Uh, I don't know. Um, the problem with what happens with WrestleMania time is they want to get so many people on the card that they just – throw all these multi-person matches together you know like last year they had you know so many great wrestlers like with kevin owens and and and, and uh gosh who else was in that intercontinental uh title six-person ladder match zach Ryder, sammy zane yeah sammy uh, zane so owens yeah. versus sammy zane yeah. would have been a much stronger one-on-one match than doing this you know multi-person but they want to get everyone on the card so uh that's what they do so i could see them doing that with the smackdown women's title where they have a a six-way, you know, for yeah. for the belt. Yeah, I think uh, if they don't develop it, that's what's going to end up happening, or a rematch of Survivor Series and just do what they did last year, like a 10-women, you know, five-on-five uh, uh, five tag match or something. Um, but no, that'll definitely be interesting to see how it plays out. Have you heard when Mickey James might debut? I mean, all I saw was January. I'm guessing after the Royal Rumble. Usually yeah. the usually the big debuts, unless – Unless they're happening, at, you know, for the rumble, uh, you know, they'll they'll hold it off until the sh- the show after. But I could see either the rumble or the night after. So speaking of the rumble, um, last night we did have the contract signing for John Cena versus AJ Styles. This to me felt like a little bit of a replay. I mean, just of you know them doing the dueling promos, right? Of John Cena, like I have every opportunity in the world, but I love being here, and AJ Styles sort of being, you know, got one foot out the door. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't anything new, but I thought they uh, delivered it well. I think yeah. Cena adds a lot. I think he adds so much being back on SmackDown. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels like SmackDown, I feel like, has been the better show week in, week out over Raw, but does, doesn't feel as important as Raw does. And that, I think that's just years and years of WWE treating Raw as, as the A show. And I think C- Cena being back uh, gives it, makes it feel a lot more important. And I, I thought... This uh, this promo, even though there was nothing new, it it made that match feel more important. And I feel like this match feels more important than Owens and Reigns. And, and I think a, a big part of that is that it doesn't have comedy and and not putting comedy in the world title program and make it serious and and uh, and a relatable issue uh, is a lot more effective. So this was interrupted by Baron Corbin, really setting up what's going to be happening with Cena and Corbin next week, which will be a nice placeholder match, uh, which I'm sure AJ Styles will somehow get involved in. Uh, what, do, what do you think about with the Rumble this year? I mean, they're really doing it, Corbin coming out, you know, guys announcing like, I'm going to be in it, Corbin announcing his intention, he's going to ride that victory all the way to WrestleMania. Um, I mean, I don't know, it's, it seems interesting how they're they're building the stakes for we're going to have, you know, 
a good amount of each roster represented and each individual storyline represented. Right. And, and, you know, we've discussed like, uh, and, and Dave Meltzer, who, who kind of reported the WrestleMania match, who re- first reported the WrestleMania matches with Rollins and triple H, uh, Shaq and, and, and big show. And then, um, uh, Lesnar and Goldberg as being really the only three p- penciled in. And mm-hmm. he even mentioned recently that things are kind of changing now with the undertaker appearing on raw. I almost wonder if they're going to have Corbin beat Cena and ultimately have Corbin and Cena be the WrestleMania match. And then have, uh, since undertaker showing up, showing up on raw, uh, having undertaker and Roman reigns. So, uh, it, it it it'll it'll be i mean there's so many different ways you could go but it's clear that all of a sudden there's this uh interest in baron corbin so i can almost see him getting a, a high profile wrestlemania match man but that would be for cena i don't know i don't know i'll, I'll be very surprised if that happens they did it they did bray wyatt that one year when bray wyatt yeah. had just come in so i i i I wouldn't go in that direction. I think I think Cena and Undertaker, as as much as the IWC uh, would rather have it be someone else, I think that's probably the biggest WrestleMania match you can make. And you know, people complain about a lot of those kind of matches, but they get the most interest. They get you know, media pub, the mainstream media, and even on the site, you, you'll see the the views for a, a match like that compared to you know, one that the the IWC really wants and there's a there's a big difference one thing I like seeing with the Royal Rumble this year I like the idea that they're having all these storylines going into it I mean last year didn't seem like with Roman Reigns that that sort of really just overshadowed a lot of interest in the Rumble it's like oh this is Roman Reigns story we know he's gonna walk out of this well, last year Triple H walked out. Remember? Yeah. But, yeah, but everyone, uh, everyone assumed everyone right? knew that Triple H was winning. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he was a surprise entrant. Yeah. Um. But I think that's the thing. I mean, it's like I like that they're investing the stakes in it a bit more. Actually, I'm really looking forward to the Rumble this year. I think that um they're doing a good job building it going in. What What do you think uh, it's going to end up being? Maybe uh, twelve and twelve, including well, no, maybe ten and ten, and then Lesnar Goldberg and. Uh, how many surprises do you think we'll get in debuts? They usually have like three or four. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to be any, any different. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be uh, cool to see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, I thought having Corman come out, I thought that was interesting. Um, went from that to Maurice and Renee Young backstage, Renee Young getting smacked by Maurice. That was, Man, uh, that was a hard smack. Maurice yeah. really laid it in. Yeah, you know, I wonder about that. That's 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 a good one to ask Matt Morgan about how, like, you know, with in terms of stage fighting, like, oh, they lay it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, slaps especially. Yeah, kind of like you know, why not just get get make it genuine, right? Yeah, I've I've talked to wrestlers who've talked about how much they've got slapped so hard it almost you know felt like a punch. Yeah. well, okay, so we went from that. This, this, I just, I can't believe this is really happening. They've, they've been building it, and we're just seeing it in action now. Uh, James Ellsworth and Carmella, um, you know, it's keeping them both on TV. Good for them. Good for Carmella. I feel like she's kind of been treading water uh, for a while now. They haven't known what to do with her. This just further establishes that they don't know what to do with her. But you know, I think this is, hey, this is uh, the little novelty segment that they're giving them. Hey, at least they don't just forget, Yeah, you know, just yeah. take them off TV, which happens a lot, you know, where when they don't have when you come out of a feud on the losing end, they don't really know what to do with you. So you're just off TV for the next, you know, three months. Oh, yeah. So, um, 
Somewhere yeah, backstage, again. Kurt Hawkins is just like crying, just into his hands, just going like, "Why can't they find something for me?" Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it shows that they're really trying with this. Uh, I have to say that last night, uh, Aaliyah from NXT uh, showing up with Carmella. Now that she did not get any, I mean, barely recognition, right? I mean, they mentioned who she was, but she didn't get an entrance. Um, I think, you know, she's she's improved a lot in the last year. I mean, she looked pretty good last night, especially with that one move she did with the flip into the, into the bridge. Yeah. Like, I, I was impressed. Yeah, she, I thought she looked really good. I mean uh just need some polish but i i think she could i think she could be on the main roster if you know you know the old way of when you bring someone up and have them work live events to get them ready and then you know put them on tv i feel like that would do good for someone like Aaliyah. you know like have her have her work live events for a little bit and then put her on tv but she's she's at least close to ready i thought she looked really good here yeah, you know, and you know what the the turnaround for her I think was. I mean, we saw on Breaking Ground, right, when she was like trying out different gimmicks, and then Jimmy, she looked really green. But uh, every time I've tuned into NXT in recent months, she got more interesting outfits. She really seemed to get ring presence, you know, with her entrance and some confidence. And yeah, I'm really impressed with it. I don't know that she's you know ready to be a star as it were because I think that it's going to take a lot to really be in that main event picture with the women I mean Mickey James certainly is because she's got the experience but I think to to be a women's mid carter or low carter or undercard um I mean sure you know I think it wouldn't hurt to flesh out the division more and bring her up but I was impressed that was the thing I was most impressed with with the segment I mean I know it was all meant to be Ellsworth interfering uh further establishing him and Carmel's relationship but I think that that was like one of my moments last night at Smackdown was just seeing that oh my god has really come a long way yeah yeah you know so that was very cool um so let's talk a little bit about this uh this news about who's going to be in the hall of fame this year good segue to give a little love to our sponsor of this episode which is ddp yoga now you guys have heard us talk about it ddp yoga ddpy changed countless lives you see how jake roberts scott hall chris jericho mick foley gold dust these guys look fantastic they've taken control of their own health and fitness it's time for you to do it as well it's 2017 and ddpy has got a sale for you right now for a limited time, you can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. Or if you're a digital only kind of person, you can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. And this is what's really cool. You can buy a max or combo pack at 25% off and get a second one for 50% off. What we want you to do is go to our link at ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Well, I've said this before, partner up with a friend, hold each other accountable. You know, take advantage of that deal. 25% off one, 50% off the second one. Get the DDPY DVDs. Get the DDP Yoga Now app. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page every week gives great motivational messages on there to keep you on track. He's got cooking courses that will teach you how to make healthy food taste amazing. And of course, the DDPY, the DDP Yoga routines. Fantastic. Even if you just started, they make it very, very easy to, to you know, get your feet wet, ease into it, ramp up the intensity, take control of your health take control of, of where you're going this year. Don't look back at the start of 2018 and say, oh my God, I wish I'd been doing this for all of 2017. Get started now. Go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And again, save 25% off one, 50% off the second one. And we thank them for sponsoring the show, which leads us to the news. Um, I mean, has this been confirmed? I mean, it seems that it's inevitable long overdue. Diamond Dallas Page being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for the class of 2017. Yeah, I mean, I I spoke briefly with DDP about it. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's it's happening. So yeah. con huge congrats to DDP. I mean, uh, I think his uh, 
his WWE run sometimes overshadows how hot his WCW run was. I mean, that diamond cutter was, I mean, at, you know, the hottest time in the industry. And that was just one of the most over moves and, and just his rise. And he was kind of like Daniel Bryan before there was Daniel Bryan, (laughs) you know, as far as the guy that you weren't, you you didn't, you didn't expect him to get to where he did. And he, and he did, and he, he pulled it off. He, He gave Goldberg his best match ever. Um, and and outside the ring, he's just done so much, you know. Uh, as far as uh, just the the way he's turned around Jake Roberts and Scott Hall's life, now working with Vader, uh, all the wrestlers who use DDP yoga, and uh, you know Chris Jericho, who credits it for his even being able to wrestle right now. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. That's I mean, he, yeah, his contributions can't be overlooked. So, hey. uh, a huge congrats to DDP. Watch the Jake the Snake documentary. Watch the Scott Hall documentary. Seriously, forget the WWE Hall of Fame. Call the Pope. Let's get this guy a sainthood uh, because he has just saved lives, turned lives around, and seems like a hell of a guy. So, I mean, congrats to Diamond Dallas Page. Well-deserved. And uh, who, who else do you think is going to go in, in, in this year? Uh, man, I mean, as far as a headliner, um, I almost think you're, you're, you're kind of running out of big names. Uh, mm-hmm. I almost think you go. You could do the Rock this year. Yeah. Uh, it's in it's in Orlando. Uh, he, he, you know that's where he lives. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone else that you could have as a as a real headliner. Undertaker's still wrestling, so I think it's still a little too soon for him. Um, and who else do you got? Yeah. At this point, I mean, it's it's one of those kind of like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, we haven't inducted them yet sort of things. Yeah, I mean, like, Goldberg, but you don't want to put yeah. Goldberg in yet. Um, yeah, that would be kind of kind of weird. Like, uh, you know, Hall of Fame induction while you're still coming back from matches. Um, yeah, they did. I mean, they did it with Ric Flair. Um, yeah. But that was he retired the next night. Uh, Goldberg in, isn't done anytime soon. Undertaker, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah um, The Rock, I mean, it certainly makes sense. He's definitely going to have a movie to promote coming out that time. Uh, it's, it, nothing's been well, announced. About he doesn't Rick really promote his movies when he does his WWE appearances. Yeah, uh, but with, um, I mean, wasn't that the speculation that, that this whole, I, I know I do not follow the celebrity gossip that much, but from what I understand, don't him and Vin Diesel have some sort of mock feud going on that people are speculating is going to lead to maybe an appearance at WrestleMania? I, I, I really doubt that would happen. Yeah. I think, uh, first off, I think it would be called out so much on mainstream media that these guys created this feud to for a wrestling angle. And I think it would hurt the movie uh, in, in a lot of ways that, you know, they had to uh, do a fake feud. Now, whether or not there was a legit heat between them, I mean, only, you know, they know. But uh, I, I think it would ultimately hurt the movie. I don't see it happening. I, yeah. I, that's one of those, like Matt Morgan said, he would pay $500 if Braun Strowman <laughs> was in. WWE championship match i would pay 500 dollars to you if rock and vin diesel did an angle at wrestlemania i'm just gonna keep making these proclamations have you guys pony up money and then you know see what happens I think yeah i guess there's it should be reciprocal there should be <laughs> odds or something part of me almost wanted to say baron corbin versus john cena in a match at wrestlemania that, that's almost that's almost far-fetched enough to me but you know stranger stuff has happened yeah they've i mean they've done that year you know year in year out with cena now now you know they did it with wyatt they did it then the next year he faced rusev Mm -hmm. they kind of throw him these young guys and uh, you know hoping that they get the rub which usually doesn't happen necessarily but uh 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I still think Cena versus Taker is the way to go. Well, Fast and Furious 8 opens April 14th, so certainly in the build-up to it, it would make sense to have The Rock doing something. I know he doesn't normally promote his projects, but this one, I think, might be a little different. I mean, obviously, that series has just, uh, you know, gotten stronger and stronger, but uh, with, uh, you know, Paul Walker no longer being a part of it due to his untimely demise, I think they, there might be a little more pressure to make sure that this one performs as well. I think he would, it depends. I mean, they could show a trailer before the rock comes out or something. I don't, I don't think rock will mention it. I think rock knows he'd probably get some booze if he did that. Yeah, maybe. Although last year in the Dallas, I mean, that was something, I mean, the rock just coming out doing a segment. I mean, Cena, Cena's surprise appearance during that. I mean, I thought really is what elevated it last year. Um, so I don't know. It'll be curious to see uh, if they involve the rock and in what capacity this year at WrestleMania. Have you heard anything about ticket sales so far about how that's going for Orlando? I uh, know I haven't. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so let's get back to SmackDown. We had uh, man, just definition, just the quick uh, championship squash match placeholder American Alpha versus Brazongo last night. You know, I mean, so for these type of matches, do you prefer it when it's like this where it's literally come out and like one, two, three done? Or do you like when they at least go for a minute, go for two minutes or just when they make it completely obvious? I think American Alpha, they got a little steam behind them. You don't want them to be in a competitive match with Breezango. Yeah. So, Not even competitive, it, just maybe. I mean, the entrances were longer than the match itself. I think that's good, I, especially with that team. Uh, I I mean, I would have rather have them face someone, Yeah, even create a team, you know, create a makeshift team, but, uh, you know, get to get give them some real steam. But, you know, they don't have that many teams up at, at that level. So yeah. it, it was fine for what it was. Yeah. Um, although Brazongo, I mean, we've talked about this before. Brazongo is capable, I mean, of putting on a good match. I mean, those, those guys are talented. So I think that they could actually do something legit with American Alpha if they wanted to go there. Their gimmick is way too, uh, way too opening match, you know? Yeah. So with that, you, no one's going to take them seriously. So unless they, you know, reinvented themselves. Uh, they're kind of stuck, stuck at that level. Yes, doing the fashion police gimmick, which I don't even remember the gem- genesis of that. You know, I mean, and I've seen every SmackDown Live of the new era, but was that like a web video or something? Yeah, they, they were doing those them? backstage segments where Tyler Breeze couldn't find Fandango, and oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah I involved in it's, it's not worth giving more time than that yeah um so this went immediately into a wide family promo um randy orton telling them to run we're gonna have a rematch i guess is that next week the wyatts versus american alpha yeah that's next week and I, I, I'm, was cur- saying, I'm, I'm curious if they're if you know when, when the whole wyatt family randy orton thing happened i i a lot of people, myself included, thought it was eventually going to lead to Randy Orton turning on the Wyatts, keeping that feud going. Like this was just, you know, kind of what they did with Daniel Bryan when he was, you know, Daniel Wyatt or whatever. Yeah. So I got to wonder if this Orton Wyatt family thing is going to continue for a while or if this is leading to a, a Wyatt family Randy Orton feud and, uh, you know, Orton versus Wyatt at Mania. Randy's starting to seem a little more comfortable with uh the wide stuff i mean it seems like last night he looked like he was you know having a little fun 
at least there. It's not seeming as awkward as it did initially. Maybe that's just because Randy's, you know, not shaving as much and uh, just sort of enjoying getting to, I guess next to the Wyatts, you don't really have to put in a lot of effort to keep, you know, upkeep and styling and whatnot. You can be the handsome one with very little effort. Oh, Orton in all his interviews, he's been saying how much fun he's been having and how invigorated he's been, reinvigorated he's been working with the Wyatts. So uh, if he's enjoying it, uh, and Randy has always said that he prefers being a heel. Yeah. And, you know, he when he was a heel uh, last time, you know, when he was, you know, with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, he just got stale quick, even though I've always felt like he's better as a heel. But uh, in this reincarnation, I feel like he's a lot more interesting. So I'd like to see him stay with the Wyatts, but I could easily see it being just a a swerve. Well, it'll be a. I'm curious next week if they're going to, how much they're going to develop that. I mean, I, I don't think they take the belts off American Alpha at this point. That just completely would make them irrelevant, I think, to have it right. change so fast. So I'm sure uh, hijinks will ensue. Um, let's talk about Nikki, Belli- Nikki Bella and Natalia, that segment in the ring. Um, you know, normally I don't care as much for, for these type of things where it's just we're going to get out there and get in each other's face. But, man, they they really pushed some buttons last night. They felt like they, they took this a little made it a little nastier than what we've seen in a lot of these women's segments. They just come across too catty in, in, in this feud. Natalia, I think she's great in the ring. I, I like, I think she's a great baby face, but as a heel, she comes across as it just, it just doesn't come, come across as that believable. And uh, the, the stuff they're arguing about, I don't know. It just, it just came across as catty as opposed to like a, you know, a, a sports feud. You know what I mean? Page bringing up Charlotte's dead brother, you know, or some of the right. other angles they've had with this. I mean, you're right. It was a little sort of total divas um, personified in the ring. Right. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed, uh, what was it? Insinuating that, uh, that Nikki Bella uh, traded some sort of sexual favors to get a positive tweet from Bret Hart and she's going to die old and alone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it definitely kicked up the drama. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm assuming th- to me, this feels like, where do you think this builds to? I mean, pre-show match at the rumble. Uh, I don't think they put Nikki Bell in the pre-show just because yeah. opening uh, match, maybe. Yeah. Probably opening match. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about the real main event last night, which was Dean Ambrose versus the Miz for the IC title. Dean Ambrose, uh, reclaiming that title for his uh, second time holding the IC championship. And uh, I have to say, this this was a really solid match. I don't think – I enjoyed it a lot. I probably enjoyed the Ziggler-Miz match at, um, what was it, No Mercy, a little more than this. You know, oh, some yeah. of the matches they did that were a little more uh, – I don't know. They, I felt like they had more time to prepare it. With this, it felt sort of like a greatest hits of uh, both wrestlers out there doing their thing. It also seemed like uh, the fans weren't expecting a title change, so they weren't as into it as they probably would have been if they felt like it, it, there was a good chance of it happening. But I thought the match was really good. And uh, it kind of surprised me. You know, like when they announced it, I I remember thinking, like, I think that it would be the right move to have Ambrose win here just because uh, Miz has already beaten Ambrose. Ambrose has kind of lost a lot of his last major matches, so give him some steam and it, and it puts a twist in this feud and, and can keep it going. Um, but I didn't think they were going to do it for, I don't, I don't, I, just because they did, you know, the title change last week. So I, I didn't think they were going to do another one this week, but they did. And uh, 
yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was the right move. And uh, and like I said earlier, like the Miz did enough with the Intercontinental title that this didn't feel like a big step down for for Ambrose. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like they invested a lot in Dean last year, right? I mean, Dean got a lot of opportunities, got a lot of FaceTime. Um, they they put him up there. And I think that it didn't work having him as the main champion, as the face of the company. I just don't think that that suits him as a performer, you know, all that extra stuff that's involved. But the IC title, I mean, that, that seems more his speed. Yeah, I think he could be a, a top guy as well with the right... Um... I can, like if he was a heel, I could see him and, and, and more of an edgy heel, not like mm-hmm. doing comedy. I could see him fitting at that top level a lot more. I, I just felt like this backstage stuff he was doing uh, just wasn't helping his cause. It just didn't make him seem like the top guy. Um, but, you know, I think, like I said, I think this. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like for where he is now, I think this is the right move. And I, I think it helps the Intercontinental title. And, and um, yeah, I think it, it, it was good. So what do you think of this idea that that like the Miz can't win a match without Maurice there? Uh, I mean, she got ejected last night that sort of, you know, made it made this all possible. Uh, I mean, do you think that's sort of the viable character trait for for how they've been booking him? I, I w- I'd like to see them give Miz a little more credibility and have him win more matches on his own. Um, but it, it doesn't bother me. I think it's, yeah. you know, it, I don't think it hurts him that much. I just think it makes it more predictable. It's like this idea that it's like if Maurice is there, it's like we know how this is going to go. Well, that's why they got to throw in some wrenches and like have Maurice ejected and have Miz still win. Didn't didn't they do that with him against Ziggler? I think it, well, no, I know Mercy, she got ejected. She got ejected or she was banned. Right. But I thought there were a couple of times on SmackDown where where they wrestled where uh, she got ejected and he ended up winning anyway. But, um, but it was some sort of hijinks, if I recall. Yeah, maybe like the Spirit Squad or something. But uh, <laughs> are they yeah. off the road now? Is that not? Yeah, I, yeah, I think they're. Or? I think they're done. Oh, that's too bad. They, they really had some. Is it? Is it? Too, I mean, <laughs> I was saying it. I was like, no, I, even, I don't believe it. Towards the end, I was like, no, that pretend. No, it didn't. Not really. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice. It's nice to see old faces. I think they they could do that. That's a good example of I think how the, SmackDown especially being the level of fandom they have of how they can keep it fresh and bring in old guys. Don't bring them back on the roster full time, but let's just bring them back for, you know, another run two or three months and just rotate some in, you know, you get the nostalgia factor, you get some booking opportunities and storytelling opportunities that weren't there anymore. You know, I think that was a good example of something that ran its course and served its purpose. Right. Um, so did you watch talking smack last night? I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, uh, interesting. You know, I liked, uh, for me, I mean, all overshadowed by the Miz showing up, you know, and I know I give a lot of credit to the promos he kind of talking back last year. I, I thought they went a little too far with him. Like, I thought that was starting to go a little out of his natural range as an actor. Yeah, it seemed overdone. Uh, yeah. It seemed like they were trying to replicate what he did last time, and it, it didn't come across as real. Yeah. Um, but the point was made. I, I still thought it's better than a lot of the promos that most of the roster cuts. Oh, it's better than watching um, five minutes with Baron Corbin again. Why do they? I mean, that that to me, in addition, we're talking about, you know, with this other. I mean, it's like they keep letting Baron Corbin come on Talking Smack. And that guy is not a gifted improviser. No. And, and apparently neither is Carmella. I thought. Yeah. Uh, the, she was clearly not quick on her feet with those questions about Ellsworth. So, um, you know, Baron Corbin is someone that 
would benefit greatly with someone like a Paul Heyman or, or you know, a mouthpiece that, that, that would do his talking for him. Because whenever he talks, I think it, it just brings him down a notch. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan, is he trying to get just cut from TV at this point? What was the comment <laughs> last night? So we had two weeks um, ago where he talked about fisting um, in his intro to Talking Smack. And uh, then last night, I can't remember what it was, but it was another thing where it was like he just really does not care at this point. Well, there were a couple of things last night. He he talked. He insinuated that Carmella was with Ellsworth because he was big. Oh, um, that was it. Yes. But then you know he also talked about uh, part timers at WrestleMania, and yeah. you know he was absolutely right with what he was saying oh, as sure. far as both sides, as far as uh, management wanting the biggest marquee matches, but also the performers who go in. And he mentioned Dean Ambrose specifically, who are main eventing every live event making all the shows and then they get stuck low on the card at, at mania. Um, so, you know, I mean, he, I, I think he makes the show so interesting and, and oh, he's, yeah. I mean, I think without him, like the, the week the Miz hosted, it's not even close to, you know, what it, what it usually is. So uh, I, I don't think he's trying to get fired. I think that's just how he is. He tries to be as honest as he can with, you know, while trying to continue the storylines. Um, and I love it. I think uh, that's what because you, when you see raw talk or whatever after a pay per view, I, I feel like those shows just suck. It's just like adding time, whereas talking smack, you, there's it's, it's actually usually pretty interesting. Well, and it's something you said for the hosts. I mean, like Booker T and uh, Charlie Caruso. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Renee Young and Daniel Bryan are great, but I, oh, I still think even if you had Charlie Caruso and Daniel Bryan, it wouldn't be as good, even close. But it would still be entertaining just with Bryan's answers. Actually, I would love to see with Charlie Caruso because I don't think um, I don't think she would know how to react to a lot of Daniel Bryan's answers. <laughs> like I think Renee yeah. is polished. You know, R- Renee is great. I mean, Renee, Renee is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that talking smack once again, you know, required viewing. But uh, yeah, Daniel and Daniel even with James Ellsworth bringing in his like Jimmy Dream uh, indie wrestling persona. Like I just love the Daniel. Like yeah, it's fantastic to watch somebody who just does not care if he gets punished, fired. He knows that what are they going to do? You know, let him sit at home and collect a check. Yeah. 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 Um, But so speaking of that though, of him sort of pushing it there, did you watch bring it to the table on Monday night? No, not yet. I do want to see it though. So what I'm curious about, I just read a little bit of it, but it seems like there where we're seeing more and more of this accepted idea that if you're on the network, it doesn't have to be all rah, rah, go, go. Everything the WWE and Vince McMahon does is magic, you know, cause they were talking about like Hulk Hogan coming back. They were talking about should raw be two hours instead of three. I mean, talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily assume an endorsed product would be discussing. That's true. But they, the answers were still towing the company line. Like no one, no one's saying, uh, that raw being three hours is a big mistake, even though the numbers show it every year. You know, yeah. um, you know, JBL defending it being three hours. Um, but like, the hey, like I bet you if Daniel was, Bryan was, if I bet you if yeah. Daniel Bryan was on there, he would have said like, yeah, it's it's too long, it's too much, and and uh, you know, it, it would be a lot more effective at two hours. Well, I love that uh, part of JBL's defense was like, oh no, we make a lot of money off those rights for the third. <laughs> right, and I was like, well, make you know, add another hour to SmackDown if it's yeah. all about the rights, and yeah. who I don't, you know. I bet if USA offered it, they probably would. So, yeah. um, sure, the average fan is sitting there every week going, like, this third hour really drags, but they are making a lot of money off of it. So, good oh, for them. Oh, look at 205 Live. You just yeah. feel the, the 
energy drop after SmackDown ends and 205 Live starts. And it's too bad because 205 Live is a good show. It's just where it's positioned. People are just done. And I feel like it hurts talking to Smack too. Oh, definitely. You know, after that, then to go back and talk about SmackDown, which happened an hour earlier, um, it's it just seems like such a easy move to move 205 Live to before SmackDown. Yeah. I mean, I could see also from a production point of view, maybe where they want, where some of the the talent wanted a little bit of a break. I mean, I know we had a couple of weeks where like AJ Styles or John Cena, I mean, they were literally running to the Talking Smack set right after SmackDown went off the air. Um, uh, yeah, but that's because they did a long dark segment. Yeah. Um, you know, just don't do the dark segments. And they haven't been doing the dark segments like on, on Raw lately. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, there's easy ways around that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, what did you think of the uh, sort of final thought on the first SmackDown of the new year? That was great. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. And, uh, so let's talk a bit about what happened last night with new Japan, new Japan. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I still, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it today. Um, with, uh, with two young daughters, it can be tough, but, uh, lots of, lots of title changes, lots of title matches. Um, all the reviews have been great for the show. So I, I'm excited about catching it. Um, let's see. What was the big one? Um, let's see. The big uh, the big matches. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Okada retaining the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, uh, mm. defeating Kenny Obega. I think a lot of people expected a title change there. Uh, Tetsui Naito uh, defeating Tanahashi. And uh, Adam Cole. Um regaining the ring of honor world championship. Now Kyle O'Reilly's contract uh, has been working without ring of honor. I mean, with, with ring of honor, without a contract, I think since the beginning of the new year. Uh, mm. So like last week. So I think this is probably a good indication that he's probably on his way out. Um, Young bucks lost uh, the junior tag team championships. So uh, a lot of stuff. Cody Rhodes won his new Japan debut. Um, so Sorry for just going going over the results. Wish we had more, more, but uh, we'll catch it and talk about it. Uh, we'll try to talk about it on the next podcast if 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 you guys are still interested. So Cody Rhodes uh, debuting the American Nightmare uh, persona yeah. in New Japan, and yeah, I'm curious to watch that. I'm curious to see how that did. I think uh, he has gone. He has done more out of the WWE than I think a lot of people thought he would be able to. You know, leaving behind the Stardust gimmick, doing it as himself, which certainly had its twists and turns in the WWE. But I mean, what, what do you what do you make of sort of the the post future endeavors fate? Has he been the, the best of this last most recent crop? I mean, Ryback has launched his business. Sandow ended up at TNA. Um, I mean, I think Cody probably the best of, of uh, the 2016 future endeavors so far. Uh, he's he's going to a lot of places, so he's keeping keeping it fresh by showing up at new places. Um, I don't know that if he like were to go back to WWE, if all of a sudden people perceive him, perceive him as a bigger star now. Um, you know, we'd have to see because there is a lot you know a lot more of WWE space is is hardcore than it used to be, and do follow uh, this stuff. But it, it, you know, when he showed up in TNA, it wasn't like. Uh, he got this giant superstar reaction. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to be a, a, a big fish, you know, in a small pond, a uh, new Japan. I'll have to, uh, you know, once I see wrestle kingdom, I can gauge it a little better. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. 
I think, yeah, he, he, he has been doing great on the indies. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, I think New Japan is, could, is probably the right place for him. I think SmackDown probably was would more be the place for him um, if he were to come back right now than Raw because I think that he does have that more appeal to the hardcore fan. And um, you're just thinking about, yeah, they could do a lot of different angles in bringing him back. And I think that they, they could certainly use some talent uh, in the upper mid-card at this point. Yeah, and it, if I were to bring him back, I'd get him away from the whole yeah, using the family legacy or feuding him with Goldust or anything like that and yeah. just have him be his own guy you know and and i i think that would be the way to go but i I don't see that happening anytime soon i I think cody is pretty content um drew galloway his -hmm. contract is up next month and he's someone i could see w i could really see wwe wanting to bring him back he's got the size he's really good he's got the look i was shocked that they released him in the first place so he's someone i could really see them uh bring him back into the fold you know, I'd be curious about this. Uh, this is something we should talk to Matt Morgan about on uh, the Monday Night Raw recaps. Um, I'd love to pick his brain and just know a little more about what that's like, you know, leaving the WWE, sort of the process you go through. It seems like now there's a template for it, right? This idea like, oh, I'm going to take indie bookings and I'm just going to become like the king of the indies and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then maybe I'll end up going to TNA, maybe I'll end up going to Japan or Ring of Honor. But I mean, that journey just must be really, really interesting just of how you're in complete control of your career after having, you know, every aspect of it micromanaged previously and how you uh, play that in the best way possible. Yeah. You know, um, so anything else happened this week that we should touch upon before wrapping it up? Uh, well, we got some questions we can get to. Yeah. Um, someone is asking if Orton does turn on Wyatt, if we see what we, basically what would be the the more exciting match would it be Orton versus Wyatt at Mania or doing Orton versus Styles? Yeah, hmm. Uh, Orton versus Styles I think has more marquee value to it, but Orton versus Wyatt, I mean, I saw that at a lot of house shows um, last year, and I thought that was that was a pretty good match for the the couple times I saw it. Uh, yeah, I would go with Orton versus Styles. I think that would. Yeah. I think that. Uh, gives AJ a, a big name opponent, um, and and I think he deserves it because if yeah. and that, that's assuming that he loses the title between now and then. And I still think uh, that Cena is going to win the title at the Rumble. Um, I don't see them having C- Cena lose to AJ again. Um, so yeah, if if AJ is not in the world title picture, I think Orton would be fantastic because I don't know who else do you do. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. I think at Orton versus Styles, have, they haven't done that since Orton's been back. No, they've never done it. He's so never wrestled. That's the last thing they got of those guys, the guys in that caliber on SmackDown. Um, yeah. I mean, it certainly would make sense, especially if Cena's going to retain the title um, for a little bit, you know, yeah. g- of giving uh, them a decent feud. But yeah, I think uh, Orton versus Bray is, is, they definitely have some good matches in them, but I think Orton versus Styles, that right there, I mean, if Cena needs to leave again, that could carry SmackDown for at least a month. Oh, Orton versus Wyatt. Every time they've done it on TV, like when they did at No Mercy, it was just like a bathroom break. There was like no heat. No one cared. I don't see this Orton turning on them, re-energizing the feud to where people care a lot. So, um, yeah, but you know what I also think? I also think you could keep Randy Orton with the Wyatts, uh, have him heal, and turn AJ face because he's been getting the biggest baby face reactions on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he loses to Cena at the Rumble, have him raise Cena's hand, uh, 
and that's all. That's really all you need to turn him babyface. That pretty much will do it. And and then have him face Orton at Mania. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. We got anything else? Any other good questions? Let's see. Where's Kane? He's still <laughs> around. Uh, he's he's like Big Show and where and Mark Henry were. They're just kind of special attractions. So Kane's not traveling with them then, at this point. I think he is. I think he's still doing live events. Gotcha. Um, let's see here. What do you guys see the Miz doing at WrestleMania? I, I'm guessing, like I said, there's so there's such a limited amount of singles matches, even though those tend to be the most uh, marquee. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I have. I have a feeling that Miz will probably be in a multi-person match, whether it's for the Intercontinental title or not, but but that's kind of where I see it. Yeah, you could do some interesting stuff with him going forward. Um, I, I don't know. There, there are some options. Actually, for some reason, just in my mind, I was just like, what about Miz versus Undertaker? Just blow everyone's minds. Uh, with <laughs> no. just sort of like, huh, this is actually <laughs> happening, you know? Uh, I don't know. I think they got to give him something, though, because if he's got to stay with Dean... The problem is if he goes down from Dean, it's a long way. It's, I mean, it's a big drop, you know, at this point. I think they have to retain um, his stature with this, you know? Yeah, but they do that all the time at WrestleMania season yeah. just because, uh, like I said, only a, a finite amount of singles matches you could do. Uh, someone's asking, when will Finn Balor be back and what do you think his plans will be at WrestleMania? You know, I almost wonder if he even will be used at WrestleMania because mm. he, he's supposed to be back by Mania. But if he's clear just a few weeks before i mean do they set up an angle for a mania match when they're not sure that he can return or not um i think they're being very cautious with him yeah. because i think if they felt like his return was imminent on raw like they would they would st- i mean he's doing the uk um tournament he's going to be on the commentary team for that but i think if they felt like his return was imminent i don't think they would be keeping him off tv i think they would already be teasing something if they felt well like i mean he if he's ready they could always have him be a surprise at the rumble that's and true. I, i'd rather do that than you know than than advertise it just because finn balor isn't an, uh, enough of a box office attraction at this point that it does a lot to advertise him whereas if he's in the rumble as a surprise entrance i think it make, makes more of an impact um but it doesn't sound. I mean, his injury was worse than he thought. Yeah. He he even pretty much admitted that he did he didn't think he was going to be back any time around the Royal Rumble. February was always a targeted date, so hopefully, um, they could put him back in the thick of things. And as far as who he would face, man, I don't know because it seems like KO versus Jericho is the way to go. And and who else on Raw do you you know do you want to put with Finn? Especially if Rollins is wrestling Triple H. Yeah, at that point, there's no dance partner, right? Everyone's taken. Yeah, like the real, the real top guy. So I don't know. I can I can almost see him be like a surprise at Mania, just make a surprise appearance, or uh, appear in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Although I, that, I think that'd be a step down for him. But yeah, you know, if he wins it, at least it, you know, gives him something. Well, I think it'll be much needed. I mean, if we get to a point where the belt holders are Reigns and Rollins. You know, with the the uh, U.S. and Universal titles, however they end up doing it, I just think that's going to get so old, so quick. And they're already on Raw. Every time we see Reigns and Rollins together, um, which they've been ending a lot of segments that way, they've had them. You know, they're helping each other out lately. I just the similarity of their looks, just everything about it to me, just seems like it's going to be so boring if those are the two top guys. And that's more on Roman Reigns than it is on Seth Rollins. 
I think Roman Reigns, like I said before, you turn him heel. And, and you know, WrestleMania might be the time to do it. If you're going to have him in the world title match and he's still not getting the reactions. But again, I just, Vince is pretty stubborn with that that move. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. And I, I think that's about it. Uh, can Big Cass be made into a new cane with the 1999 mask? You, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Big Cass, it'll, uh I have a feeling he'll probably be in like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And Enzo and Cass, I mean, I could see them getting. Um, they, they will definitely get a spot, even if they're in a multi-man tag match. They will get the big mic moment, uh, you know, the big promo going into that. I mean, I think they know that that's that's money. They need to give them a segment to shine at WrestleMania, and I think they can carry it. I can see it being the pre-show, but yeah, yeah, maybe. But I agree, they, they should. They're so, they always get so cut on time, it feels like, where, uh, well, it depends, I guess, what they have in mind as far as any, any you know, big names, if they're going to bring back a, a Steve Austin for a segment or The Rock uh, and how much time those guys get, because that's really what cuts into the, the other stuff. Yeah. It'll be inter- it'll be telling what the last match is. I felt like, you know, in Dallas, Reigns versus Triple H, a lot of people left during that. You know, a lot of people. No, I didn't think so at all. Well, as someone who left during that, I was surprised how many other people were. Also oh, really? Because where I was sitting, because I was on the floor and I didn't see anyone leaving. Yeah. Well, if, dude, if you're on the floor at WrestleMania and you spent floor money at WrestleMania, I'm staying until the janitor's coming out till you know, the last promo reel goes. I know what those floor seats went to, but up where I was in like the two and three hundreds, like, yeah, it was crowded. I had to wait 15 minutes for an Uber you know uh still with uh 30 minutes left to go on the show um so i don't know so i think did did you get stuck in that line at the beginning of the show oh yes yes i did but i was at one of the better entrances so i did make it in for the pre-show but we were in line for like two hours watching security trying to figure out what in the hell they were doing yeah that was bizarre Uh, yeah it is but i i think um that's i think that they kind of know when we were talking about this the other night in terms of like how they book things with the last match that isn't necessarily what should be the main event and i think they know that there's a certain amount of people that dude it's like when you're into six hours of wrestling with the pre-show and wrestlemania like if you're watching at home if you're there you're just you're going to get fatigued and unless you have something that's going to keep butts in seats and eyes glued through that last hour like you know that that's where people are going to start tuning out if it's not an amazing money match. And I don't think Reigns versus Triple H was that. I don't think so either. I think Cena versus Taker would be. I think yeah. there'd be enough interest in that, that it would be. I think Goldberg and Lesnar would be. Um, and uh, I guess the other possible championship matches, SmackDown, that would be Cena versus Taker if they went that direction. Raw, I don't see them ending the show with Reigns yeah. if he's a champ. Well, and so uh, speaking of which, what do you make of Undertaker coming back to Raw this week after last month? I mean, you know, or, or six weeks ago in the build-up to Survivor Series. I mean, we had him on SmackDown showing that that's, that was sort of his home. And now, boom, him and Shawn Michaels are going to be on Raw Monday night. Yeah, well, Shawn Michaels, um, you know, he's, he's you, you would think he's got some, he's going to be doing something at the Rumble. Um, He's got that movie to promote, the WWE Studios. He's got that movie. I bet you they'll be he'll be doing more of that. And I'm sure he'll announce he'll whether it's a special referee or, or something minor, he'll be doing at the Royal Rumble. I I mean he won't be wrestling. I'm I, I can almost I'm pretty sure of that. But um so yeah, I think it's just the thing with Shawn Michaels' appearances over on Raw over the last like eight years is it's 
usually not much, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it, like it, he'll be a part of a panel to discuss who's going to win a match or, or something like that. As for Taker, it is weird that he's going to be on Raw. Uh, but, you know, WWE, when it comes to WrestleMania season, they don't really care. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean that Taker is going to be facing a Raw guy or starting a feud with a Raw guy. Although that is, was my first thought when I heard last week that Taker was going to be on there is that they probably changed plans and they're going to go with Taker and maybe, and, and really who on Raw do you see? And there's really two names that pop out and it's Braun Strowman and, and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. So limited options. I'll be curious to see how they use them, but Hey, Michaels and Taker, that's at least going to eat up what half an hour of Raw's three hours. So that's a welcome return. Yeah. I mean, it'll be uh, I think, I think next week it, WWE really starts kicking into high gear. So it'll be uh It'll be a fun time. And you're seeing it confirmed now that uh, WrestleMania next year will be in New Orleans? Yeah, it's conf- yeah, that's confirmed. Cool. So then we're going to have that announcement next week. Cool, man. So we'll be back here Monday night, right after Raw ends on the East Coast. Myself, Raj, and Matt Morgan. In the meantime, if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, leave us a comment or a rating. And uh, Raj, anything you want to plug? Just real quick, someone mentioned they think Sean might warn Seth Rollins about Triple H. I could totally see it being something in that direction, like Sean saying he's going to have Triple H show up at the Rumble to answer Rollins or something like that. So at least, so at least he'd be being used to further a storyline. It's interesting um, how much they're keeping Triple H off TV. No, he no. doesn't. <laughs> they well, they don't want him to... Uh, First, they don't want him to be on the low-rated shows, and the rating goes up after football season ends. So I think, I mean, I called it when they started it that we're probably not going to see Triple H till after after football season. Yeah. So, and here we go. <clears throat> yeah, maybe maybe he'll come out with uh, with HBK there, have a DX reunion. Maybe. You know, that gimmick just ages better and better the older they get. <laughs> you know. uh, cool man so yeah so we'll be back here Monday night until next time everyone I'm Glenn Rubenstein see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast